This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. I'm Zubeda Hamid, your host for today. How do we understand how an infection affects the human body? And how do we go about the process of finding safe and effective drugs and vaccines for the many diseases that abound? One way scientists do this is through controlled human infection studies or CHIS, also known as human challenge studies. This involves deliberately exposing a volunteer to a disease-causing germ in a controlled environment. This is done to understand the various facets of the infection and the disease and to potentially speed up the process of finding a cure. India has so far stayed away from such studies because of the many ethical issues involved, the deliberate harm that is caused and the potential risk of exploitation since volunteers are paid for their participation. However, these studies have been carried out in many other countries. Last month, the country's premier medical research body, the Indian Council of Medical Research, released a consensus policy document arguing the case to bring in CHIS into our country. What exactly will these studies involve? Do they have any benefits over regular clinical trials? After the world saw the sudden explosion of COVID-19, is there a need for deeper and faster studies of infectious diseases, especially with resistance to many drugs increasing? And does India have a robust enough regulatory system to oversee such trials to ensure transparency and accountability and to ensure there is no exploitation. We delve into these questions with Dr. Amar Jasani, an independent researcher and visiting professor of bioethics at Yenipoya deemed to be university in Mangalore and the editor of the Indian Journal of Medical Ethics. Welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast Dr. Amar Jasani. Hi. Doctor, could you explain to our listeners what a controlled human infection study is? as you can uh, see from the name that there is a uh, these are the trials uh, or what we call experiments where uh, human beings are deliberately infected and second thing is that it has to be done under the control condition these are the two things which are part of the very nomenclature so uh, the infecting human beings with a pathogen a communicable disease pathogen is a is a very very old uh, method of uh, doing uh, experiments and that has led to lot of uh, you know exploitation of the people and people dying but because it was done in a very uncontrolled manner and that was the phase uh, till 1950s when uh, and the much worse part was uh, you know the second world war when uh, uh, in the concentration camps they infected people both japan as well as uh, germany and uh, that became a, a, a big issue and that's how uh, in the memory of the history of human being anything uh, where uh, there is a deliberate uh, infection to be carried out people feel very very about it the second part is control uh, what has happened uh, from uh, i know 1960s onwards where they said that well we can do same kind of research with a uh, lot of uh, you know control uh, environment within the hospital or in the laboratory in such a manner that the people who participate don't uh, uh, you know really suffer or get injured or die and i think that has been being done uh, you know for last uh, what i would call uh, if you start from 1960 then uh, you have uh, almost a history of 60 years now 
and uh, that gives you and they say that almost how many 40 to 50000 people must have participated in this kind of clinical trials covering a few dozen uh, uh, various diseases so this is what has been going on now what they do in this uh, clinical trial is that uh, they recruit uh, perfectly healthy people if you are unhealthy you disqualify that means uh, first criteria to be set is uh, who is healthy and for which what kind of uh, you know, uh, test to be carried out to understand that person is healthy. Now, this is not a positive health that we are talking about. It's, it's about, uh, you know, absence of certain diseases because ultimately tests detect diseases. And uh, if those things are not there and people are healthy, they are taken in. That means uh, anything that you do on the healthy people in terms of experiment is uh, dicey simply because even a little problem that is there is uh, created by the researchers, by the by the experiment. So that when we need to keep it in mind. Now there are two different uh, aspects of the the control human infection trial. The first part is uh, to develop a model for the disease. That means a disease that occurs in the nature, where the wild uh, organi- organisms are present, and that they infect the people. So we have some knowledge about it. But you can, may not, in, in many cases, use the same organism in the control trials. So you have to modify those organisms. You have to what we call attenuate them. You have to see that their, um, their toxicity, their virulence is reduced by, um, by certain laboratory changes that you make in those, uh, those uh, organisms. So use them and uh, create uh, a model of the disease. That's where you infect the people first see how it affects the body, learn its physiology, pathology, learn, uh, you know, how it gets processed inside the body and what are the different organs and other systems get affected. So this is a, what we call the challenge strain. You see, human infection control trials are always, uh, also called challenge trials. So these are called challenge strains of the, of the organism to be used. Once you have a model worked out, and for doing that model, you know, you may require to do, a, a, say, experiment two times, three times, depending upon what are your research questions and what kind of organism that you are dealing with. Then uh, what they do is that they get a new set of I mean, other, other uh, participants. In this uh, trials, you, you, a participant cannot, normally are not allowed to participate again, simply because one of the criteria normally that they have is that the person should not have been previously infected by the disease. If that criteria is that, that means uh, people can't go shopping around and, and, and try to participate in more clinical trials. So second stage is uh, where uh, they test uh, uh, what called uh, the therapeutic drug or the vaccine. So if you are testing therapeutic drug, then the first thing that is to be done is to infect a person. You have a model of the disease with a challenge trail available. So person gets infected. I mean, person is quite a large number of persons. It may be few dozens or, or, or maybe 50, 60, depending upon the kind of trial and design of the research that you have. And uh, then uh, once they develop infection, so you have to decide whether you want to wait, don't want to wait beyond the infection, because once the infection is confirmed, you can straight away treat them or you wait for the disease to occur and then you you know you know treat them so you treat with a new experimental drug and see whether this drug works or not 
what is argued and this and, and on the other hand if you are say, testing vaccine it is done in a reverse manner that all the participants healthy participants are given a candidate vaccine first and then they are exposed to the infection you know the new model that they have developed of the challenge strain that challenge strain is given to them uh, the mode of transmission is to be decided according to you know different diseases so if you are having a mosquito you know um, as a vector of the disease then you 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 have a uh, uh, mosquitoes with uh, those uh, protozoa like in malaria biting those people and creating infection that is how they try to find out whether the vaccine that is uh, there is has worked or not the argument is that uh, in this case this in this kind of uh, experiment you may be able to test uh, many candidate drugs and the vaccines and then find the find out which one are working and which one are not working and those which are working then then can be taken forward so you know that's how uh, this kind of trials work so basically it means that they speed up the process of testing the efficacy or the safety of a drug or a vaccine correct not the efficacy but yes you can say that um, the first level um, what we do in conventional clinical trial you know the conventional clinical trials are done uh, in four stages what called four phases the four human phases before human phase you have a laboratory and you have a uh, animal testing and all this this is not uh, eliminated uh, when you do a uh, a cheese trial same same way the phase 1 clinical trial where the new drug and vaccine is to be tested on uh, healthy human being in uh, infectious diseases there also you have to carry out the phase for one clinical trial because you try to find out the toxicity of drug there and then you can do for the phase 2 the clinical trial so what is happening is that you you are able to find out that suppose uh, you have developed molecules like 10 molecules and you want to find out how many to be taken for further research in say phase 3 clinical trial where you actually get uh, real data on the efficacy so out of 10 two are working and then two then go into the community based uh, conventional trial now in some cases the conventional community based phase 3 trial may not be needed but in many others it may be needed so those are the judgments to be made so it is believed that it 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 uh, it, it speeds up but i have looked at uh, data and i see that uh, sometimes uh, like say look at the malaria now we have developed malaria vaccine using cheese so when did they start doing cheese on malaria almost over a decade you know so how can you say that it is really speeded up what you can say is that yes when you when you start having a candidate uh, uh, um, you know vaccine then uh, at certain stages it got speeded up but it's not that uh, some of the time that is uh, required for doing clinical trial will be less and that is also again uh, as i told you scientific judgment that if a vaccine works in a team on say 50 people do you have confidence to say that it will work in some millions of people who will get that vaccine later on so would you like to do say a clinical trial on 10 10 or 20000 people to order in order to understand the exit efficacy and in order to understand what kind of uh, you know adverse events it can produce that's the crux of uh, for, for me the the scientific challenge that uh, the team uh, poses 
other countries have been using uh, CHIS or the Controlled Human Infectious uh, Studies doctor. So do they offer any other benefits? We talked about acceleration and you said that might not be a necessarily a benefit. Are there any other benefits to using such studies over the regular clinical trials? Well, yeah, I think you'll have to talk to some, some um, scientists, but to me, uh, you know, you must understand that, uh, you know, benefits for whom? It's about benefits to society, right? You are talking about, not for the participants. The One of the major ethical concerns that we all have when uh, experiments are done on the human being is what happens to the participants, right? So in the conventional clinical trial, you are exposing participants to the new drug and new vaccine. That is the major area of debate and some controversies that happen in India. In CHIM, you expose them the you know risk of two types of thing. Deliberate infection. Now, some people very strongly believe that even if the infection is self-limiting or infection can be cured by currently available uh, drug, then still every infection that our body gets uh, may have some bad effect on the body. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, is it deliberate infection alone or is it also a part of deliberate harm? Generally, people have a perception that doctors will never do anything to deliberately harm them. Okay, now if this leads to a kind of a perception that in certain cases they can harm them, then it can have a major crisis, you know, at the level of trust. Will people trust uh, uh, the doctors, you know, when, when, when this kind of trials are done in a big way? Now, you talked about uh, developed countries doing it. And now uh, at least uh, half a dozen developing countries have done also, also done this kind of clinical trials. So there is a, a, a in the last five to ten years, as far as cheese is concerned, which was earlier confined to the to the North America and uh, Western Europe, is suddenly opening up for the outsourcing. You know, it's the even conventional clinical trial earlier, primarily they were, we were, they were done in the Western countries. Only in two thousand five, India lifted its uh, its. Uh, you know, protection and say that, well, we'll do simultaneously the similar kind of clinical trial. And that's how the guidelines started coming. Even WHO, you know, cheese is going on, as I told you, from 1960s, that was even before that. <laughs> but the first time the World Health Organization formulates uh, ethics guideline is uh, in 2021. Before that, they had, uh, uh, you know, a few years before that, they had made an effort to have a draft and all kind of stuff. But the definitive guidelines, as uh, uh, as, as as we have now from the WHO World Health Organization, is uh, 2021 when the when the you know the pandemic was going on. So yes, uh, uh, they have done it, and you can count them in terms of say a few hundred major clinical trial with the participation of as I told you, 40 to 50 thousand people. But compare that uh, against uh, conventional clinical trial in India. In my estimation, I may be wrong because. Data are not available, hard data. Uh, as a journalist policy, you can, you can try to find out the hard data. I believe that from 100,000 to 200,000 people participate in the clinical trial every year. Just see that. I mean, India does not have as many clinical trials as America has or Europe has. And if you put 
after all the people participating every year in a conventional clinical trial, it will run into millions. That's okay. a large number. Well, here in cheese, it is in, in tens of thousands. It's a very large, small, small number. Out of those millions in conventional clinical trial, the first phase clinical trial where uh, like uh, cheese, we use a healthy human being. They are, uh, they may be how many? 5% of the term, but still the number will be much, much higher. Several times higher where the you know, healthy people are exposed to risk as a cheese is there. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a matter of making a judgment whether uh, cheese are really going to be useful or you in India, there is so much of infection, you continue with the, with the conventional clinical trial. As you just said, doctor, you mentioned the COVID-19 pandemic and the number of infections in India. We have a huge burden of deaths from infectious diseases. About 30% of all our diseases are infectious. So do we need newer, better research methods to study these diseases and find cures for them? No, no. That's the argument that the ICMR has made. Well, I think they have to show that um, we don't know much about these diseases. We know a lot about these diseases. Even COVID today, internationally, the knowledge base is very, very high. All other diseases, starting from tuberculosis, which is one of the biggest causes in India, to leprosy, to leishmaniasis, to any other, malaria, filaria. I think we have less, uh, less scientific information on them. No, that's not true. These are the diseases there for a long, long time. When I was born in 1953, you know, the infectious diseases were killing perhaps uh, more than 70% of the people. Today, they have come down to 30%. And in Europe, even before the antibiotic with this, you know, discovered, infection, this is, infectious diseases have disappeared. Why? Provide them good food. Like there's a big study came out by Anurag Bhargava and the uh, uh, Madhvi Bhargava in, uh, in, in Lancet, only just a few weeks back, saying that if you use food along with uh, treatment of tuberculosis, the patients will recover faster. They will also not be able to spread, uh, you know, TB to their own nearest contacts, you know, because they interact with the family members and the community people. So it's, uh, it shows that uh, if you provide them good sanitation, good environment, good food, you know, potable, safe water. This can be, you know, done. Another part uh, that I would say that, yes, you can do these studies, come out with new new, new drugs. But who will have patent and who will have control over this drug? What is the guarantee? Today we are doing so many conventional clinical trials. Can government tell us? Can ICMR tell us? So the new drugs that emerge from those trials, they are available to the people of this country at a, at, a, at a cost that they can afford. Don't talk about new drugs. The old drugs which are actually effective on diseases, they are not reaching people. Because our health system is so badly organized. So, you know, again, I mean, I'm not saying that uh, we shouldn't uh, take a leap in, uh, in, in scientific research. I'm not... Uh, uh, principally against this. But uh, the argument that you must make should have a certain, you know, basis in reality. Saying, yes, new drugs will come, but who will get them? 
how are you going to ensure that they will get that means guidelines when icmr is making should have issues related to this worked out and say that well before doing this kind of trials the company which is controlling the patent they will have to enter into the agreement with the government of india to ensure that uh, this new drugs when they are discovered will be made available to the people at certain price if that is not part of our policy and we allow the clinical trial by the big institution from the western countries and the pharmaceutical company then uh, you will find that at the international level uh, we may still be exposed to exploitation because we we put allow our people to get exposed to the risk and then what comes out of it do not go to the people of ours i think that is not a good policy to my understanding talk to us a little bit about these risks doctor one of the criticisms of the icmr document is that there is no clear estimation of adverse events and harms that can take place during such trials even during the covid-19 pandemic we saw that people had problems in trying to report the harms that that could have been caused by the vaccine do we need to strengthen these mechanisms in india yeah so this is a, there are there are several facets of it uh, the icmr uh, recently came out in july uh, with a with a what they call consensus policy statement a draft for public discussions and six of us where i was involved in critiquing it which six of us uh, submitted uh, uh, in a point wise uh, response and criticized it saying that uh, it is not doing enough for the for the people so that is a one part the second part uh, is that uh, it's very important that uh, uh, you have a strong regulatory mechanism in order to do clinical trials which have to have a very controlled environment during the deliberately infecting and harming people now is we have asked if you read my document it says that uh, uh, you know you have said nothing that what kind of efficacy that the duck controller journal of india will have now this duck controller journal of india is under fire you know quite well it's not only just about uh, uh, clinical trials but even this fellow person is uh, in charge of uh, the production of quality drugs today the whole you know debate about generic drug versus uh, branded drug and all and ultimately government coming under pressure and national medical commissions uh, you know the ethics guidelines called regulations ethics regulations have been suspended why doctors do not trust that our pharmaceutical companies and our drug regulator is actually ensuring that only quality drugs are entering the market and this is the same organization which is also in charge of the clinical trials the experiments you know drug experiments in india and it is going to be in charge of the cheese also now if you do not look at the their the, the regulatory uh, regulatory capacity then who is going to ensure that the control trial will really be a control trial there is a i think uh, if you read the uh, icmr's document in the in at the end there are few references there is a uh, one reference is uh, by uh, a, a research study carried out in st john's uh, you know institute Uh, where uh, manjulika was and uh, her colleagues and uh, if you read that document you will never never ever feel that uh, 
people are going to just lap on to the cheese you know people have lot of concern so oh they are going to deliberately infect us okay if it is required then somebody else should be volunteering not i okay we have always always others ready you should read that paper it's a very very important paper if you don't have i am ready to circulate or you can you know get it from the dr vaz that uh, is uh, the issue you know that uh, you know if uh, people have trust in our institution if people have trust in our regulator people have trust in our researchers then they may come forward but if they don't have they say oh oh if some country requires you should do it but let others you know let others young people who are graduate educated that do it but i have a son or a daughter who is graduated who is also in the same age group i am not going to ask that person to participate i can send them to harvard and other places you know to do further studies not here so then who is going to participate even those who are educated who are not having money right so this is a problem the other problem that uh, i mean this whole issue is of as i was telling is uh, is the is the control now for doing control we require an excellent infrastructure where the where the trial is being carried out the icmr document does not give any standard that what would be the hospital or the laboratory where this kind of trial will be carried out what would be standard it will have what are the things that it will what kind of equipment they will be having what kind of personnel they will be having you know all these things should be should should be part of the guidelines other if they are not part of the guidelines then anybody even a small you know clinic will will say oh we will also do cheese here what is wrong if people are ready to take it we they want to take risk we just do it right so this is a very very important the control environment means the context where the site where it is done a standard must be available should be in the public when the participant go, go and volunteer they should be able to see it the society should be able to see it this kind of trial should be as transparent as possible what is there to hide there is nothing we are taking risk for the for the sake of the society so let them get all this protection let there be transparency there That, one more point uh, about uh, risk that we were talking about is uh, you know in, as, as i emphasize i don't want to reemphasize is that anything you do on the healthy patients or healthy person any kind of harm even minor is uh, actually an adverse event because the person was completely healthy when when he or she entered the trial anything that happens to person is uh, is uh, created by the research right so there you have to have a new regulations or law related to how do we estimate you know the 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 the, the injuries and deaths in it or 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 what we call serious adverse event in drug trial conventional drug trial person may be suffering from a a, a very serious disease and then you give experimental drug then you have to find out whether the person who died or got injured got injured or died because of this serious disease he or she was suffering from or the new drug that you try so there is a whole issue of relatedness you know even there of all the participants who die in clinical trials in india something like 5 to 7% do die because of the intervention you know drug new drug that is given and they are given compensation we have compensation formula now in this cheese trial 
then we don't have to separate this out because when you give new drug or, or when you infect person all of them are caused by the research person is completely healthy so you don't have to separate out for scientific reason yes but not for the sake of the patients and patient getting a recognition as a person who has suffered and should be compensated so this is a another uh, thing which is very different from the conventional clinical trial in the ethics and that should be kept in mind and the last point and the risk involved is not only to the risk of the part, to the participants it's a risk to the society you know the icmr uh, uh, consensus statement says that well they can also use a genetically modified engineer you know genetically edited uh, uh, germs in uh, order to do this now if you are doing all kind of uh, germs uh, there and uh, if your control is not good enough you know the control over the car you know the way as i was telling you that the, the, the place where it is being being done and its standards and all plus the regulatory you know oversight <coughs> if they are not good then what may happen the new infection or new organism that you are testing out as a part of uh, control infection which is not the wild infection found in the in the in the society but it is a modified one and if uh, say it leaks out and affects the researchers what happens it affects other patients in the in the hospital what happens and if it leaks out and it goes in the community what could happen is it possible that it may mutate all those things needs to be taken into account so there is a risk for the larger community society and that needs to be taken into consideration and for which there has to be a standard that what standard they will be ensuring so that uh, some something like this does not happen so these are the you know you can i can list out many many stuff but listing is i think those who drafted icmr uh, statement they know all of them the point is they have to actually translate into the concrete standards for each one there's one more area which i have forgotten but if you want if you have a couple of minutes i can it's about informed consent and paying and all yes about payments doctor i was going to ask you about that most of the volunteers who volunteer for such things usually get paid right so could that also i mean that is also an ethical consideration because people think that poor people who don't have money will volunteer for the trial for the money right absolutely if you if you study uh, the chim cheese uh, which are carried out in the developed countries you will find that people who participate large number of them still participate because of the money paid because large number of them are students you know the the privatization of the uh, higher education has taken place to such an extent that students need money to pay fees to survive in a hostel or, uh, or or the food and other you know support they require and so they are the ones uh, who are educated and they come forward a large in number most of the trials uh, has a large number of them if you see the uh, uh, this kind of uh, trials done in africa like say there are papers available on kenya the kenyan researchers have looked at and you find that major consideration was money like it was not altruism or anything like that that i want to do something for the society and that's why i am participating say that okay i have studied but i am poor and uh, i don't have a possibility of getting immediate job so at least let me participate once and get a lump sum money which i can use for some purpose for the family you know so that kind of thing is that now if you try to look at this part in the icmr consensus statement you will be quite surprised 
ICMR consensus statement has two sections. One says that uh, researcher before recruiting a participant must ensure that the participant is not there for money purpose, but is for altruism. I want to sacrifice for the society and so I want to take a risk. On the other section, which is about the payment, it says that, well, you have to make the payment and the payment will be made uh, after they give consent. Okay. Now, that means the participant knows that payment will be there, but the quantum of payment is not known. That is what they are suggesting. Now, there's a lot of problem in this. First is that if you are going to make payment, where is the altruism? If you read the, read the World Health Organization's guidelines on, on, on cheese, world altruism doesn't happen anywhere. Why? Because they know that if you are going to pay them, any payment is acceptable ethically. It should not be, to my understanding, but big, big, big payment becomes a, a kind of inducement, you know, to participate. And there is a big payment. If we'll find that people who participate in the European and North American trials, they pay $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 to each one. So that's where the cost is there. So if uh, they are going to make payment, then how do you write altru altruism there? Okay, in the first batch that comes, you may not tell them what money you are going to do. But when you do the second one, because as I told you that it, it is to be done in, in, in different stages, everybody then knows, you know, once it is there. Or your guidelines are going to be publicly available. And they say, everybody says, oh, yeah, okay, I have to just go and tell them that I'm coming for altruism. But I know that after I give consent, they are going to give me money. So it's a quite self-defeating thing that they have kept there. If they want to give payment, they must make it clear that, yes, we want to make payment. And in that case, they have to explain that how this payment will not become an inducement for the participant. How this payment issue will not be used in order to explore those participants, to expose them to higher risks. Because there are cheese which are very, very low risk. And there are cheese which are very, very high risk. Just like any conventional trial. There are certain conventional trials which are very low risk. But there are certain, another set of conventional trials which is very, very high risk. So it's not that every cheese is a low risk cheese. No, it is not like that. So what happens that in, in, in the, the payment will be related to the risk. I take higher risk, I pay more. Now, if we want this to be morally ethically acceptable. It's a different issue. But I find it uh, very, very problematic because I'm sure ICMR knows and all the institutions where the cheese is carried out in the world know that nobody will participate in your cheese style or what number of people who will participate will be so minuscule that you struggle to have enough number to participate if money is not paid. So what you say as a compensation actually becomes a kind of a purchase, you know, by the researchers, by the sponsor, by the institution. You are purchasing the participants to take risk. If that is what it will happen. So how do you prevent it? And for that, what kind of, uh, you know, firewalls that you are going to erect is very important. What they are suggesting at the moment is definitely not sufficient. Because if you make them known after the after the informed consent is taken, that is two things. One, the next batch will not. Another thing is that once I'm in it, we'll say, you will not get anything if you withdraw. Now, right to withdraw at any stage of the, of the research is a fundamental right. 
that is a part of the fundamental issue in the ethics now if you don't allow them to simply because of the money you know by keeping them lure of money you just make them to participate then it's a problem i think if people want to change their mind at the halfway through they should have a right to change that mind so that will a principle will also get violated but i'm a bit worried i i as i say that uh, it's a it's a scientific method it uh, it has work in certain good control condition where the people trust the regulation people trust the institution people trust the researcher they have come forward and participated but in india there is a huge amount of work needs to be done to ensure that we have good control system at the site where the the research is carried out we have good regulatory oversight and of course we have to show some amount of uh, of our commitment to community to ensure that people trust us why don't you have a citizens committee overseeing this kind of trials you know if you don't have part people's participation and that kind of stuff in there and no transparency then i don't think it will it will build trust trust and control and regulation these are the key issues here because you are deliberately infecting and harming people and then uh, like conventional clinical trial testing drugs and uh, and vaccines on them thank you so much for speaking to us doctor in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon